Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thanks, worship team, for leading us uh, so wonderfully in worship. How many people would have liked to worship just a little bit longer this morning? Amen. Just beautiful. I think we could have started that song all over again and, and just speak it over our lives. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy 31, uh, verses 1 to 6. I want to read from verse 1. The Bible says, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has sent to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of the land. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord uh, said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Go down to verse 8. It's the same scripture. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. And so, Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your spirit and your presence that is here today. And I thank you, Father, for this time of worship and how you reminded us of uh, so many powerful truths, Lord. And as we go to the word, I just pray that uh, this word would become a revelation in our hearts. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Uh, Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can understand your word. Speak to us today by the Holy Spirit. We want to hear from you above all else. And uh, this is our prayer. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Let there be freedom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Special welcome to all those that are watching the service online. So good to have you with us this morning as well. I want to begin a new series over the next three weeks entitled uh, Spiritual Battles. Spiritual Battles. One of the things that we all face in life is battles. One of the things we will all face in life is battles. Battles come in different forms and, uh, uh, and, and different shapes and different times and different intensities. We can experience battles at work and battles in our family and battles with our health. Uh, battles uh, in, in the area of finance. And some of the greatest battles that we experience are in fact the battles in our mind. Has anybody ever experienced that? Some of the greatest battles that we experience are not so much the battles that are, that are happening around us. It's actually the battles that are happening inside of our hearts and in our minds and the list goes on. As Christians, we need to understand that we're involved in another kind of battle and it's a spiritual battle. That many of the physical battles that we actually go through, many, many of the battles that we're going through in our environment actually are spiritual in nature. Key verse for this series is found in First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians. Uh, Paul is speaking to the church about forgiving. And then he says these words. He says, listen, church, you need to forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. For we are not unaware, for we are not ignorant 
of the devil's schemes. How many people understand that at times we can be ignorant, not know, not understand, not see what the enemy is doing. The word schemes there is actually uh, the word uh, uh, devices as well. It's translated in another, uh, in another translation. Um, and uh, the, the, the Greek word actually can also be translated thoughts. For we are not ignorant of the devil's thoughts. We, for we are not ignorant of the way the devil at times manipulates us in our hearts and in our minds. We need to understand that we have an enemy that is actively scheming to trip us up. He's at a drawing board designing a temptation, a situation, a sin, anything to trip us up. The reality is so many of us are just ignorant, plain ignorant of the devil's schemes. We think if we ignore the enemy, then he will ignore us. Um, and that's certainly not the case. As a, as, a, as a result, we struggle with situations that God has called us to be victorious over not only that, if we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, it's not going to come without a struggle. We need to understand that. God called the people of Israel to take possession of the promised land. We sang about it in the first song, uh, which is uh, titled Egypt. It's about the people of Israel leaving Egypt and moving into and entering into the promised land. And God prom promised the people of Israel that they would. Uh, he promised to, to, the, to them, He said, I'll be with you. No one will be able to overcome you. There was a promise after promise of victory for them, but Israel had to fight and take possession of the land that God had promised to them. God had promised it to them. He said, listen, I'm gonna go ahead of you. I'm, I'm gonna be with you. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. We read it in our text. But he said, you need to go in and take possession of that land. I, I believe there are things that we need to take possession of, that, that, God, that God has called us to take possession of, but they're not going to come out without a struggle. Some, some of us think, oh, we're going to become Christians and, and you know, our, our, our life is going to be smooth sailing and so on. No, there's going to be times of blessing. There's going to be times of refreshing. There's going to be some amazing times as God speaks to us and does things in our lives. But there's going to be some times where we're going to have to go through a battle that in order to be able to take possession of the things that God has called us, they're not going to come without a fight. Not only that, but if you read Judges chapter 3, it also says that God left various enemy nations in the promised land. As Israel took over uh, the whole promised land, the Bible says that God left some nations there. And there were two reasons why He left them. One was to test the Israelites to see what was in their hearts, to see if they would indeed follow God. In other words, God said, listen, uh, He told them again and again, you're going to be tempted by these other nations. And God kind of leads them to see what was really in their heart and to test them. But the second reason why He left them was to teach warfare to younger generations who had no battle experience. In other words, if the following generations needed to learn battle uh, uh, warfare strategies, how much more do we, and each generation in our, in, in our, in our own lives, how much more do we need to learn uh, about the enemy and, and what the enemy is doing and what he wants to do in our hearts and lives? But more than all of that, how we can actually be victorious over every work of the enemy. Key scripture in the New Testament, if you've been in church circles, you'll know this, but key, key scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 6. It's a powerful scripture. And uh, Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church. He's not speaking to the people outside of the church. He's speaking to Christians. And he says this, finally, 
He, he spent six chapters and talking to the church about different things. And then he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Now you need to remember that Paul was in a prison. He had soldiers who were standing guard over him. As he's looking at the soldiers, he's seeing the, 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 the armor that they have on them and he's thinking spiritual. He's seeing the physical, but he's seeing spiritual. And he's saying, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There it is again. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your boss, your in-laws. It's not against any of them, all right? Just be relaxed. If our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers. Now, the, Paul could have just said, you know, against, you know, the work of the enemy. No, but, but listen to how he lists you know, the different aspects that we're fighting against, against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Five times in Ephesians, it speaks about the heavenly realm. So we're living in a, in a, in a physical realm, but there is also a spiritual realm. Can I hear an amen? There, there, there's, a, there's a spiritual realm that, that, that we cannot see, but it's just as real. As, as the physical realm. And then Paul says, therefore, because of all of this, because you know about all of this, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, it goes on to then explain the whole armor, put on the helmet of salvation and, and the, the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and, and, and so on and so on and, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and uh, he goes on to explain every piece of the armor and, and how we can, we can take a stand against the work uh, of the enemy. And, and, I, and I, love, I love the way uh, Paul mentions the word stand because, because there, there, there are different ways that we can come against the enemies but one of one of the things we're going to do we need to do is learn to just stand stand on who we are in Christ stand on the promises of God's word and and and, and the enemy is going to do everything he possibly can to get us to move and 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 to get us to to to, to come off of our positions but we need to learn to stand another scripture that uh, really spoke to me in in, in these last a couple of weeks comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, here it is again, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So as Christians, we need to be aware of the battle that we're facing. And I'm gonna speak about this over the next uh, two or three weeks um, because I don't want us to be unaware as a church, I don't want us to be ignorant of, of, of the enemy's schemes. I don't want us to be scared of the enemy. That's certainly not the, the strategy here. I don't want to glorify the enemy. I don't want to spend weeks and weeks speaking about the enemy. I want to speak about what God is doing. That's what this is all about. I, I, I want to speak about the, the authority that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that we can win every single battle that we uh, are facing. I want to speak today on the subject, the battle is real. And what I want to do is I want to kind of give you a sort of an introduction to this whole uh, subject of spiritual warfare. I want to speak about three truths about the spiritual battles, three weapons that we have, and three things that we need to do every single day. First of the truths that we need to understand is that the devil is real. The devil is real. The devil is not a religious symbol, 
a figment of our imagination, something the church has created to pretend that there's something that we're fighting. He is a person. Revelation says this, then war broke out in heaven, Revelation 12, 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. All we need to do is um, uh, open our eyes and we will see what the enemy is doing. All we, all we need to do is open up our, some people say, well, I'm not really sure I believe uh, it, that, that, that the enemy really exists. All we need to do is really open up our eyes and we will see what's happening. We're heading towards October and this, I've just been fascinated how in our own nation uh, there's, this be, there's been this um, uh, fascination with Halloween and how it's starting to grow momentum in our nation, uh, how more and more people are celebrating it, where people uh, dress up in corpses and skeletons and witches and warlocks. And, and you know, and some people think, oh, that's just uh, some pretty little thing. You know, it's just it's a bit of fun for kids. Well, maybe you need to do a bit of homework and understand where this all comes from and what this is really all about. You know, the, the question for me is, what, why doesn't it become fashionable for, for kids to dress up as Bible characters and, and go door to door, you know, and give people, ver and speak blessings over people's lives. What, why doesn't that become fashionable? Oh, you some people say, well, that's just a coincidence. It's, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing serious. Well, maybe you need to do your homework on it. It's another reminder of what the enemy is trying to do, that we're living in a world where the enemy wants to glorify his name, not the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm, 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 I'm astounded at how quickly people, people buy into this so quickly and say, well, it's just nothing and, and it's really having no impact on our lives. The devil is real. Um, and that's the first truth that we need to understand. The second of the truths is that the enemy wants to destroy us. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You, are, you, you arrived on, this, on the earth at just the right time because God has a purpose for your life, but so does the enemy. You need to be aware of it. Jesus said this when he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. He wants to destroy anything good in your life. He wants to rob you of your future. He wants to kill your hope. He, under, he wants to undermine the plan of God for your life. You may not see the potential in your life, but He certainly does see potential in every single believer of Jesus Christ. And He will do everything He possibly can to shift you and to undermine your faith. The good news is, that that verse doesn't stop there. Jesus goes on to say, but I have come to give life and live it to the full. Message translation says, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's the kind of life that God wants each and every one of us to have. I like what Peter says um, in, in, in the book of Peter. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Be, be vigilant in other words. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, the, and, 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 and we need to be aware of this. Peter himself is not writing out of, out of theory, is not writing about something he read in, in some book somewhere. He himself had experienced the attacks of the enemy on his own life. He, he himself had gone through times where he had been, been tempted and actually fallen uh, into some of those temptations. He says to Jesus, oh, I'll stand for you. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I'll be with you. Oh, everybody else is gonna let go of you, but not me, Jesus, you can count on me. 
And then at a time when, when, he, he, when he could have defended Jesus, he was the first one to turn his back on Jesus. He was tempted by the enemy. And, and he fell prey to that. Now, listen to what the Bible says. Listen to what it says. It goes on to say, resist him, standing firm in the faith. There it is again, this whole concept of standing on the promises of God and standing on who you are in Christ because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Number three, the third truth that we need to understand is that the enemy's power is limited. John says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, he that is in you, come on, can I hear an amen somewhere? He that is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. No matter what he throws at us, his power is limited. The Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. No weapon, no weapon. Let the enemy go in and grab whatever, whatever, whatever weapon, his weapon of choice, I don't care what it is. The word of God says no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. So what are those weapons that we have? Uh, the second set of truth speaks about the weapons at our disposal. As I just said, the enemy has a whole bunch of weapons that he uses to come against us. He's been using the same weapons century after century uh, and, uh, and, and to come against us. He uses fear. Fear is one of the big ones. He uses anxiety. Something bad is gonna happen to you. Something negative is gonna happen to you. Oh, be careful. Don't, 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 don't move because something really bad is about to happen to you. And, 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 he, and he comes against us with anxiety. And, and you know, we can, we can just say, oh, that's just stupid and that's just nothing. But if ever you've experienced those, those, that, that anxiety, it's like, a, it's like this cloud, this dark cloud that comes over you and it grabs the heart of your spirit and, you, and, you, and it, 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 it almost freezes you because everything inside of your being believes the truth that something negative is gonna happen. He comes against us with discouragement and depression. It, again, it's like a cloud that just comes over you where, where it's, it's this cloud of darkness where, where all you see, everything around you is just dark. There's no hope. There's no way I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of this thing. There's no way that I, can, that I can move out of this situation. And I want you to know that it's a lie from the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. Yes, we do go through times of anxiety. And, and yes, even through this last season, we have, we have gone through, through, through a season of anxiety and fear. And yes, we do go through times of depression where it just feels like that. But I want you to know that all of that is a lie from the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. God will see us through. There is hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord, that no matter how dark or how bad our life comes, there is always a way out through Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of that spirit of darkness has got to be broken. That spirit of depression, it needs to be broken. In the name of Jesus, that spirit of anxiety and fear has got to be broken in the name of Jesus. It's not just a thought. It's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a spirit behind that. It's a weapon of the enemy that he uses to come against us. And behind every one of his weapons is a lie. It's a lie, there's a lie. It's a half truth. And just for the record, a half truth is just as bad as a lie. And of course the enemy's not gonna come out with it. He's not gonna come to us and say, look, here's my pitchfork and dressed in a red suit with, you know, with the, that's, that, 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 that's not, that happens at Halloween where people dress up as the enemy. He, he doesn't come like that. He, he comes subtly with, a, with just a thought. It's, we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes, his thoughts. It comes with a half truth. 
uh, with, with, a, with, a, with, a, uh, with, with just a thought. Um, I remember at the beginning of COVID season, and and please, I don't I don't want to I don't want to. There are people that that you need to be uh, secure. You need to you need to protect yourself. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I don't want I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. But I remember at the beginning of the COVID season, I, 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 there's just this fear of of getting out of the house and thinking, you know, as soon as I get out of my house, something bad is going to happen to me. I remember going to the shops and, and, and you know, I think, well, do I touch that thing or don't I touch that thing? What if, I, what if someone's touched that thing? And, and, I, and I, it's just this thing started to consume me. I told you, I told you before, I, one particular time I went to the shops and I get into the shops I'm, and, you know, it's one of those things you can't get out. And I started feeling a sneeze coming on, you know, just this, this sneeze. I'm there, where did this come from? All of a sudden, I just had this sneeze. I went... <laughs> I forgot the whole thing it's supposed to do. And, I, and you know, I, I thought any minute the police are going to come out, they're going to come and grab. I started running, you know, I thought I'm going to get out of here. But, but I just noticed this, 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 this fear, this anxiety starting to get a grip of my heart. And I began to say, you know what? I'm going to do everything I possibly can. I'm going to sanitize. I had a sanitizer in my car. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to do all of the things I need to do to protect myself. I'm not going to be silly and stupid, but I'm not going to become a prisoner in my own home. I'm not going to become a prisoner in my own mind. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. Ultimately, God has... Now, please please take what I'm saying in the spirit that it needs to be taken. Can I hear an amen? We, are, we have a mature congregation here. So please take this in the spirit that it needs to be taken. There are some people that need to stay home. I, I, I get all of that. But I, but I, said, I, said, I started to say, God had chose the day that I was going to be born. And He's going to choose. And He's chosen the day that He's going to take me home. He is in control. He is sovereign in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to put my faith in Him. One of the other weapons of the enemy is accusations and condemnation. He is relentless in, act, in accusing us before, the, before, before God. But as Christians, we also have a bunch of weapons. The Bible says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine, listen carefully, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we have a bunch of weapons as well. Weapons like worship. Weapons like truth. Weapons like prayer. Weapons like fasting. And let me give you three other really important ones. First of the weapons we have is the name of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. Jesus sent out 72 disciples to minister. Luke says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. There's power in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Paul said in Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee one day will bow to the name of Jesus. Well, I don't really believe in it. Bible says one day every single name will bow down to Jesus. The name of Jesus is a name you carry as a badge on your chest like a policeman. You have the name of Jesus at your disposal. You know, if you parked your car in the wrong place and someone walks up to your car, you know, you get some people like that, very nosy. You know, you've parked your car in the, you know it's parked in the, you've done that on purpose, right? And you, it's happened to me a couple of times. Someone walks up, you know, you're parked in the wrong, you know, in the wrong place. Well, who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? I mean, these people, you know, um, you don't really care who it is. And you, you know, thanks, thanks. Um, but if someone with a blue uniform and a badge walks up to your car, 
uh, at the same time, it's the same person. It's another person, but they got a blue uniform and they got their badge. Uh, suddenly your knees start shaking. Suddenly you go for your ignition keys because you want to move. Officer, it was just for a second, I got to move. One of the weapons that we have at our disposal is the name of Jesus. It's power in the name of Jesus. It's healing in the name of Jesus. Salvation in the name of Jesus. The enemy trembles at the name of Jesus. Second of the weapons we have is the blood of Jesus. Revelation tells us for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night was held down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Sin is what gives the enemy power. Sin is what gives the enemy power. And the blood of Jesus is what gives us power. The enemy is going to be relentless in using our sins and our mistakes and our failures and our weaknesses. It's got plenty of them to, to be able to just go hammer and tongs against. He first tempts us to sin, and when we do, he accuses us day and night. But listen, the weapon that we have is the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can I hear an amen? We step, put on the, 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 the breastplate of righteousness. We stand righteous because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The third weapon is the word of God. When Jesus was fighting the enemy, he used the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus' weapon of choice against the enemy was the word of God. Listen, you need to understand something. The enemy knows the Bible. The enemy knows the Bible. And he uses it against us. He, every time he uses the Bible, he misquotes the Bible. We need to be careful of that. Paul says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. One of the great weapons we have is the truth as outlined in the Word of God. That's why a course like Believe, step one and two, is so important. It's so important to your spiritual walk with God so you can learn, well, what does the Bible actually say about me and who I am and what I can do? More than ever, we need to know the word of God. Unfortunately, we live in a generation, we have so much knowledge at our fingertips, but we are a biblically illiterate generation. How we need the word of God in our lives. Three things to do every day. Three things to do every day. Number one, submit to the Lord. James says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's the first thing we need to do? Submit yourself then to God. Notice the order. Your authority is only as strong as your relationship to God. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's your relationship with God that gives you authority over every work of the enemy. Some people say, well, I kind of like God, but I like some of the things he says, don't like at all. You know what I mean? Some of that stuff is a bit hard. I'm going to half submit to God. Uh, and then the rest I'll kind of work it out on my own. No, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Greatest thing that we can do is surrender to God. Lord, I want to do your will. I want to surrender to you. Walk in obedience to God. It's what gives you authority to take a stand against every work of the enemy. The second thing we need to do is close any doors that give the enemy access Paul, in speaking to the church in Corinth, says, if there's anything to forgive, I've forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. And so, so Paul was encouraging the church. He said, listen, guys, you need to forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. 
for we are not unaware of his schemes. One of the schemes of the enemy is to get us to not forgive the people that have hurt us. And every time we don't forgive, we give the enemy some room in our hearts and in our lives. Paul is saying to the church, guys, listen, forgive just as you've been forgiven, says the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors so that the enemy does not come against you. Will not outwit us. Will not outsmart us. Um, Paul says to the Ephesians, in your anger, don't sin. Doesn't say don't be angry. There is a way to be angry, angry and not sin. Um, but he says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. When we don't deal with anger in the right way, we can give the enemy a foothold. How many times have we, in a state of anger, said something, done something, and two, you know, the, you can feel the rush, it's just coming, you know, you can feel the blood going to your brain, and, and everything inside of you says, we're going we're gonna to do something right now. And so you either say something, do something, and then two seconds later, you regret everything that you've just said and done. Do not give the devil a foothold. It's okay to be angry. Just don't sin when you do. There is a way to express anger in a way that doesn't lead to sin. There are some activities that we get involved with that are an open door for the enemy. There are some movies that we watch. I'm really sorry, but I just struggle to understand how some of those horror movies, how people can sit there and go, hey, this is really cool. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. It's not glorifying God, I can assure you. There are some places we go, some music we listen to, relationships we have, websites we visit, games we play. Paul says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Rather expose them. Have nothing to do. That doesn't mean you can't watch movies. Just pick the right ones. Pick ones that half glorify God because they're never going to always fully glorify God. Um, but you understand what I'm saying. Number three, finally, we need to confront the enemy every day. Jesus said to his disciples, I've given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. The Bible says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need to take authority that has been given to us and stand against every work of the enemy. In the police academy, no doubt cadets are taught about the badge, the value of the badge, the importance of the badge, the honor of the badge. That when they use it, all the government stands behind them. But the, pa the badge has no power until the policeman uses it. And so as Christians, we need to take authority over the enemy. And we need to pray something like this. I take authority over every spirit of fear. When we're feeling fear start to grip a hold of our hearts, when you go into the presence of God and say, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of the Word of God and the blood of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of fear, that spirit of discouragement, that addiction, that condemnation, pride and anger, in the name of Jesus. I wonder there might be some of you who are facing a battle today might be in your home, your workplace, it might be in your heart, in your mind, and you feel and it feels relentless. It feels relentless. What is the enemy using to come against you? 
So often we think we're the ones that need to fight the battle and there is a sense where we need to do that. But we need to understand that we're not fighting alone, that God is fighting for us. God didn't send the people of Israel into the promised land on their own. As we read in our text, Moses said to Israel, the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you and he will destroy those nations before you and you shall take possession of them. He will destroy and you shall take possession. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever battle you're fighting, I want to encourage you to run to God and let Him fight the battle for you. Just read this last night in, 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 in 1 Samuel, David is fighting Goliath. I love this. And he says, all those gathered, all these, he's facing the giant, giants in front of him right there. This six, seven, eight foot, I don't know how big this dude was, but he was big. And he's right there in front of him and he's taunting him. He's saying, I'm, I'm going I'm to, uh, uh, who is this dog that comes against me? And he's accusing him and belittling him. And David starts coming against him. He knows he's this little pipsqueaky. All he's got is a slingshot and a couple of pebbles. It's all he's got. And, and, and he says, you, 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 you come against me with your sword and spirit, but I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says this, all these gathered here will know that is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's. And He will give all of you into our hands. I wonder, is there an area where you need to take a stand against the enemy? Pastor Joe, is this easy to do? No, it's not easy to do. The battle is real. The battle is real. I'm tired of the message that it's real. And for us, it's not just theory, it's real. For some people, it's real every day. There's a, there's a battle going on. And I understand that and I get that. And ultimately, what we need is the grace of God. It's the Spirit of God to fight those battles for us because He will give us the strength to have victory over every one of those battles. Will you stand with me? Come on. We're just going to sing a chorus as we wrap up the service and then, then I want us to pray for a moment and just believe. We're going to get some victory today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.